Welcome, everybody, to the Ruko Podcast. This is Spacho, your host. I want to thank everybody for even taking the time out to click the link. If you even made it this far, I'm going to get right into what I plan to do here. This is just an avenue for me to express thoughts and opinions that differ from the hundreds or thousands or millions of the same repetitive ideas and thoughts that are circulated through television, the internet, print, what have you. And basically, any topic is up for debate or up for discussion. It's not going to be um, just sports and music. Those are going to be big things that I focus on as they're two very, very passionate interests of mine. So that's going to be a large center of it. But other things, um, current events, anything, personal topics, life questions, anything is basically up for discussion on this podcast. Definitely focused on heavy interaction from listeners, sending in opinions, thoughts. We definitely have the Facebook and the Twitter pages going. Both of those pages are at Ruko Podcast, R-U-C-O. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. So you can't say you were confused on how to follow or you didn't know how to follow or you didn't know how to spell, whatever. We got you there. Definitely welcome all interactions from listeners. Appreciate all the support from here on out. However long you decide to rock with it, we appreciate it. The three topics I want to touch on today are going to be remembering Nipsey, of course, Tiger's latest major win in the NBA playoffs. We're going to get into those momentarily, but I just want to reach out and give a special shout out on the first episode to everybody who's been motivated me to stay with this and get this done. Definitely been a process. I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to something with my name on it or something that I'm pushing or something that's a representation of myself. So I had one episode started. I wasn't pleased with it cut it down then real life got in the way but this is it this is right here this is right now and this is the focus so without further ado let's get into it first topic huge topic is definitely remembering the life and the legacy of nipsey hustle um everybody knows the story by now way 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 too late for you not to young man rapper, entrepreneur, philanthropist out of Los Angeles, bringing together any and everybody, promoting prosperity, improvement, not just for that area, but having that spirit spread pretty much across the country. And you can see the growth from his music when he first started to where he untimely ended just telling all of his listeners about ways to improve their life, how he improved his life, what he came from, what he went through, what he's doing, what he's done, what he's seen, and just bringing more to his music rather than words that rhyme and really just being an inspirational source, which there are a few left in this industry um i think i started listening to nipsey when he put out bullets have no name too 
I think it was the second one that caught my attention. Um, and I really kind of locked in when he dropped that song with Lloyd feeling myself way, way, way back in the day. Um, he's got talent. He's definitely a talented individual on the microphone, but I mean, that's just the surface of what he was doing. Bringing a lot of interest into his community, you know, owning buildings in his neighborhood to start businesses in his neighborhood, employ people of that area, developing programs and avenues for the young people out there to do something besides sell drugs, gangbang, do nothing, fight, kill, you know, just somebody that cared enough to go back to his community and do that. A lot of people do get well off and move and they invest a lot in the communities they know nothing about. But he was the one, not the only one, of course, but he was one that was very focused on starting from home and then branching out. And what you saw and read and heard after he passed and even at his funeral, um, social media posts from people is how motivational he was. Even when you listen to Victory Lap, you know, his major label debut, um, just people speaking highly of him putting them on game. We look at YG, we look at Kendrick, we look at a lot of these guys, especially out the West Coast. Um, I don't think there was a soul that wanted this to happen, you know, and I mean, it's crazy. Like it, it literally took me personally a good month before I could consciously listen to anything that wasn't Nipsey, like the whole month of April, just, just straight Nipsey. And I mean, the things he was doing, um, the marathon store, I mean, that's a staple. And even though his kids are set up, his family is good. I mean, I think just as a fan, you can't just limit it to blacks. You can't limit it to California residents. You can't limit it to people who listen to hip hop. Just anybody that's looking to do better or looking for improvement or believes in, you know, starting from the ground up to promote change, definitely should support it by a t-shirt, by a hat. You know, make a donation, buy one for somebody, do something, you know, just so his legacy doesn't die out anytime soon, if ever. I mean, you can share pictures all day. You can quote his lyrics all day, but his music is not going anywhere. Those pictures are not going anywhere. Like, we just need to perpetuate that movement that he was doing and uh, support the people. You know, I've seen some posts like support Killer Mike, support David Banner, support the people that are working in the same vein he was working in. And, you know, let's just try to be smart, be wise. You know, even if you can't give money, give advice, help somebody, talk to somebody. If they're troubled, if they're confused, if they're angry, just talk to somebody. You never know what that could do. You don't always have to have money to make an impact. So definitely, definitely touched by this. A lot of people had their conspiracy theories why he was 
gunned down, where he was gunned down, the timing, you know, what was the cause of it happening in the first place. Look, I mean, as much as we want to run and try to find something to blame on somebody else, this was nothing but envy at its finest. You know, it had to be somebody who knew this man's whereabouts, how he moved, where he was going to be. You know, it was somebody that knew. And it's really unfortunate that it went down, how it went down, where it went down. I mean, not even just from a, a fan standpoint or anything like that. More so, that man has two children that never get to see their father again. Us as fans, I mean, like I said, the music won't go anywhere. We still have that. But, you know, there's a woman in Lauren London that will never see the man that she loves again. And that's that's crazy. And it's not just crazy because it happened to him. It's crazy every time it happens. So, I mean, just working together, you got people in the streets doing truces in different cities and things like that. I mean, it's really, really got to be something that shows it's no place for senseless gun violence at all. You know, it's, it's too much. It just brings more pain, more confusion, more anger, and it continues to perpetuate the cycle of retribution, you know, revenge, you know, just one-upping to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Definitely interested to hear any Nipsey stories or Nipsey moments, any of his songs. I, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you I know his whole catalog front to back, word for word, but I'd definitely be intrigued. If y'all even just drop your favorite Nipsey song, I'll check it out. You know, uh, if it's some lyrics that touched you, put them on the Facebook page, tweet them to us. We'll definitely check them out and definitely put that back in the atmosphere and keep that perpetuating just to do our part and making sure his legacy lives on. Now we're going to talk about Tiger Woods. I know this is a hot button for a lot of people that I talked to personally, interacted with on social media. I'm going to start by saying this straight up. It's a very, very, very minuscule chance that you are not just black. You're a minority, period. And you care about golf at all. If it wasn't for Tiger Woods, I understand the scandal. I understand the carbonation. I understand the injury, all of that. But let's be real. If it wasn't for Tiger and you're a minority, you would not care about golf. You treat it like you probably already treat NASCAR um, like you do MLS, American football, a.k.a. soccer. I mean, just being real. Um, but looking at Tiger, get another Masters victory. Personally, I think it's amazing. You know, you can talk about his character, things he's did off the course, whatever you want to talk about. But for him to reach the heights he reached, he did a lot of his winning when he was young. And this is a sport. No disrespect to these athletes. You don't have to be in peak position to play. For Tiger to go through all he's went through and to win another one, you know, he was second in a, another tournament recently. I mean, he's missed a cut some, too. I mean, he's all over the place. But for him to get a major, especially the Masters, 
That's huge. That's huge. Because, I mean, a few years ago, the conversation shifted onto will Tiger ever win? You know, as early as last year, especially when he mounted his comeback, is it worth him playing? Will he ever compete again for a victory? Not can he play again? Will he compete for a victory in anything that matters? Now it's can he keep winning? And a lot of analysis, uh, columns, op-eds, whatever, really have basked in the moment of a lot of these other young guys, Kepka, McElroy, of course, uh, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, a lot of these guys that have won made a little buzz since Tiger fell off. They're putting everybody on the pedestal to be the next Tiger or the next Phenom, not necessarily Tiger, but I mean, with Tiger winning again, you got to open that door back up. It may not mean much right now, especially if he doesn't win another one. And like I said, he just missed a cut. So after that win, it's not really something you can determine how well he's going to do going forward. But really, it's something special to watch him do what's probably going to take maybe two, three more generations for somebody to eclipse, even if he doesn't become the all-time winner of majors in the sport, he's going to get close. I definitely can pin him for one more. Personally, I feel like he can get one more. But, I mean, you can't underestimate him. You know, just looking at the documentaries and the stories they've done on him, you see guys out here, you know, beer bellies, bad knees, bad hips, bad eyes. And Tiger's looking like, what, a tight end? Or looking like he can go play in the NBA like this was back in his heyday. Like Tiger looked like he just got done working out. A lot of these guys look like they don't work out at all. So, I mean, for him to put that in the game, he already knows what it requires. As long as he just gets his swing right and his mental back where it was, I think he's in good shape to pass it. I want to give him at least one more. Anything else after that, I'll be astounded. But, I mean, you can't discount this man. He's been playing it for a long time. He was in the best shape of all the athletes. At one time, he was bigger. He was stronger than anybody else playing. If you were any bigger or stronger than Tiger, you probably wouldn't be good at golf. So he's optimized the training that he needs to be in the peak form to be very well and hold up as long as he did without any major injuries. So props to Tiger. I mean, you don't have to love him. You don't have to hate him, but you got to respect what he's doing and just bringing attention to a sport that not a lot of minorities are in. Just to be honest, he opened the door for other ones. You know, it was some maybe before him that didn't have the light that he has, but he got that light cast a lot brighter on anybody else stepping into that arena and even some of the other sports that not a lot of minorities play, he's opened that door. So, I mean, just off of that respect factor alone, you got to be intrigued to watch him. Of course, this and all the other topics definitely open the hearing responses. Anything you got to say regarding Tiger, I'm all ears. So drop it on the Twitter page, drop it on the Facebook page and let us know. Now we're going to get into the NBA playoffs. Right now, the finals are set. 
Golden State Warriors versus Toronto Raptors. Toronto, second seed in the East, better record than the Warriors. They got home court. Games one, two, five, and seven will be in Toronto, while games three, four, and six are in Golden State. Well, Oakland, last season in Oracle, so it should be something special regardless of how it turns out. But let's take a rewind and look at how we got here. First round of the playoffs, all but two rounds were a sweep. You had one seven-game series. It was a lot of intrigue. The Los Angeles Clippers, 48 wins. No all-star. No superstar. Heck, no star, period. Takes the Golden State Warriors to six games. Phenomenal. I mean, the only team that's really been a a force against Golden State was Houston the past few years. But, I mean, the job Doc Rivers has done with that roster, I mean, pretty much everybody on that roster of consequence is a piece from the Chris Paul trade. And Doc has got some guys, especially those rookies, those guys out the G League, um, Shamit, who came over in the Tobias Harris trade, I mean, he's got the most out of those guys. And uh, you look at what Doc Rivers has done, you kind of want to just say, hey, you know, we can't give him that much credit for the Boston title. I mean, he's got three first ballot Hall of Famers on the team, but this really opened my eyes personally. I never thought he was a sorry coach, but I mean, he's really one of the greats to do this. 48 wins with no star. You know, it's a different guy every night or it's different guys coming up to support. I mean, Lou Williams was the leading scorer, but he's coming off the bench. And to put 48 wins through that roster takes extreme coaching. So hats off to Doc. Hats off to those Clippers. Phenomenal season, but that's what you get as the eight seed. You get the best team in the best conference. and. They went out in six. Second seed, um, <laughs> a little bit of a cushion from the beginning of the year. Denver was playing real well. They matched up against the seventh seed in San Antonio Spurs. Coach Pop, DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, all of those guys are battle-tested. Uh, they just didn't have enough. They didn't have a big in the middle for Jokic. They didn't have, um, I think this is where the loss of DeJounte Murray hurt them. He could have been somebody that gave um, Jamal Murray problems on the defensive end just with his speed and his length. Just bug him on the perimeter, you know, constant hand pressure, attention on the ball, denying him the ball would have helped out a lot, but they still took the second seed to seven games and Denver just closed them out. Um, I think a healthy Spurs team beats that Nuggets team in six, to be honest with you. I still thought San Antonio was going to beat Denver just because they lacked experience. Paul Millsap, a big piece for the Nuggets. I mean, you saw it in the next series. We'll get to that shortly, but you can't underestimate him. He was a part of those successful Atlanta teams for so long, a few years back. 
Uh, really good series in the first round, went to seven games. The third seed, really intriguing matchup. My favorite matchup there, Portland Trailblazers versus the OKC Thunder. OKC out in five. MVP and Russell Westbrook, three straight years averaging a triple-double. MVP finalist, candidate in Paul George. Defensive player of the year finalist, Paul George. One win. One win in the first round. Three straight first-round exits with no Kevin Durant. Three straight. It's a lot to unpack there. Um, definitely got to look at the coaching. I know they had some injuries. Um, Westbrook and George had some issues getting to that point, you know, and just were banged up. But, I mean, it's a lot to unpack there. When you have that top-heavy team and then Steven Adams, one of the most skilled big men in the league, that's not Jokic. Jokic is – I think he's on another level. But um, just one of those solid, large big men, not one of those agile, run the floor, stretch the floor, thin guys that could kind of be like a power forward back in the day. But a real solid big man in the post, Stephen Adams, was giving you boards and everything. And he got outworked by his former backup and, and his canter. You know, he made way more of a difference to his team than Stephen Adams did for his. And that was the 3-6 matchup. One game for OKC. And the 4-5 matchup, Houston and Utah, I mean, Utah really doesn't have enough pieces and the pieces don't show up at the right time. It's really just Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, one on offense and one on defense. They went down to the Houston Rockets in five games, you know, barely escape a sweep. Um, I think Utah just has to put it together in the regular season. I think if they can get a three seed or a two seed, maybe even a four seed. I mean, they got the fifth seed last year and they beat OKC. It's just, you don't have anybody to stop James Harden. That's the buzzsaw that they ran into. Utah goes out in five. So that sets up Golden State in Houston and then Denver and Portland for the conference semis. Golden State and Houston was the rematch everybody was looking for. Kevin Durant gets hurt. They said it was just a repeat of the conference finals last year, and I never bought that. Chris Paul was a big piece to help them, allegedly was supposed to help them beat the Warriors. The Warriors lose KD. You go down in one game quicker than you did last year. And already rumblings of trading everybody but Harden on the Rockets. Finals haven't even ended yet. Something to look at. Houston loses in six. Denver and Portland. Real good matchup. Real good matchup. I think either team that won game seven and the series went to seven was going to lose to Golden State. Six games at the very max, five games at my original max, but I did not expect Portland to get swept. I mean, um, <laughs> Portland really played poorly 
in Denver. They played terrible. And to watch them thrive at home, and I know that they stole a game, but it's really disheartening when you get that far in the playoffs and you you play that well all season that you go on the road. And I know Denver has the altitude issue, but they really didn't perform well in Denver. So I think it's more shocking that they stole a game rather than them winning the series in seven because Denver has defense. Denver has scoring, but, I mean, Lillard and McCollum got help from their other bro players and made it a series. So that set up Golden State and Portland. Again, Golden State swept them. No Kevin Durant. Draymond, triple-double, what, in games three and four? Clay basically taking whichever hottest member of the backcourt was on at the moment, taking them out the game. And, I mean, I think after the OKC series, I mean, Damian Lillard was still Damian Lillard overall, but just in game by game, he kind of tailed off, and it really hurt this team. And now we're looking at Golden State in their fifth straight finals. Boogie hurt before the playoffs. Or was that the first? Boogie hurt before the first round. We'll just say that. KD hurt in the semis. They still swept their opponent. Golden State fifth straight finals appearance. Now let's go over to the East. East really nothing intriguing in the first round. Milwaukee, one seed, best record in the league. Detroit, eight seed. Almost took the very last game of the season for them to make it. Milwaukee sweeps Detroit in four. Wasn't really close. And um, I mean, Dwayne Casey's got some work to do. This was his first year. So getting him in the playoffs, I salute him. But I mean, you got two, two big guys. Well, you got two bulky guys. Andre Drummond is huge. You should have fed him excessively. And then let Blake Griffin pick up the scraps. You should have at least got one game on Milwaukee. They don't have one big, I mean, to play defense on either one of those guys. Brooke Lopez is big, but he's not a defender. He, that's not his specialty. And Giannis is not big enough to deter Andre Drummond. They should have at least got one game. But it's work to do. They're headed in the right direction just as long as they can piece together guys around that uh, double trouble that they have in the paint. Boston and Indiana, I mean, nobody really was concerned about that. Indiana hung on, kept the fifth seed in the conference. Victor Oladipo goes down. He's hurt. He didn't even get to play in the all-star game. Best player on the team by far. Boston sweeps him in four. Nothing to talk about there. Everybody did what they were supposed to. Second seed, Orlando versus Toronto. Well, excuse me. Second seed was Toronto. Seventh seed was Orlando. Orlando loses in five to Toronto. And you see what happened. This was what caught my attention to Toronto. Toronto. 
They got two all-stars this current year. One of their all-stars had to score zero points, and Orlando had to hit the last shot of the game to steal game one. The first game of the playoffs, no points from one of two all-stars on the other team in the last second shot to win one game. That was the only game they won. Orlando's a good team. I saw a lot of their games. Saw a game in person this year. It's a good team. They're not going to make any noise in a six seed or lower. It's going to be tough for them because they're going against the Phillies. They're going against the Toronto. They're going against the Milwaukee, and they don't have anything for those three teams. But great job, Steve Clifford, first year there. Getting them into the playoffs, and they didn't squeak in. They got their seven seed. So, I mean, it kind of fluctuated throughout the season, but good effort. They didn't go out like Detroit. They won a game. Philly and Brooklyn. Real, real, real good season by Brooklyn. Got an all-star. Got multiple guys playing well. A lot of young guys, too. I just hope that they don't do anything to jeopardize that core. Young guys, not a lot of big money guys. They don't necessarily need a free agent, a big free agent. They could get a mid-level guy, but that's next season. This season, they lost in five to the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, that that really wasn't fair, and I'm shocked. I thought Brooklyn was going to be the team to get swept. I thought Indiana could steal one. Detroit could steal one. Orlando, yeah, they could steal one, and they did. Brooklyn, I thought, was the only team that could get swept. Realistically, it could have been Brooklyn and Orlando. Indiana just has a good coach and a good roster, so I didn't feel like they would get swept. But you look at that 3-6 matchup, and, I mean, honestly, they they stole a game. Any game they would have won, I don't care if it was home or away, they stole a game. You got Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, and Tobias Harris on the same team. And J.J. Reddick. (laughs) Not many people are going to win for against that team. So we go to the second round, Milwaukee and Boston, Toronto and Philadelphia. Boston blew Milwaukee out the first game. That was the last game they won. So instead of saying Boston fell apart, I mean, they didn't. Milwaukee just had an off game. You got a lot of defenders, a lot of scorers. You got a lot of everything on Boston. They're a really good team, but they don't have one person for Giannis. Not one. Chris Middleton can create his own shot as well as be a deadly three-point shooter. It was nothing they were going to do. They had to get that first game. They got it and it still didn't help. Not much to say there. Toronto and Philadelphia, exhilarating series, exhilarating series. And this reminded me of Denver and Portland. They seem to play well at home. Both teams seem to play well at home and then kind of falter on the road. It was just not something that you could see, you know, how this was going to be a cleanly played series. Uh, Both teams did not bring their A game. And nobody on the Sixers is as good as Kawhi Leonard. I don't think we needed this series to find out. I think a lot of people needed a reminder, though. 
Game seven. There's never been a game seven buzzer beater. Kawhi has it. Kawhi was a finals MVP five years ago. A lot of the guys on the 76ers, well, the two best players, weren't even factors in the league five years ago. Ben Simmons wasn't in the league, and I think, well, no, uh, Joel Embiid wasn't in the league then either, I don't believe. No, not in 14. I mean, man, it's, it's nothing you can really say. They didn't have anybody for Kawhi. Uh, Butler and Harris, really good defenders. Butler recognized as one of the best in the league, especially at that wing spot. Didn't have anything for Kawhi. Didn't create much for himself on the offensive end either. Tobias Harris, I mean, they could have alternated. They could have alternated offense and defense. They didn't take advantage of that matchup. And Pascal Siakam, he got to work. And it took everything the Raptors had to get out of there in seven games. And Kawhi with that legendary shot. Then we move on to the Eastern Conference Finals with Milwaukee and Toronto. Real good series. And I said it at the beginning of the series. Milwaukee doesn't have anybody for Kawhi. You can talk about Giannis being a factor. You can talk about him being the MVP, which he, I don't see why he wouldn't be. That's my MVP. 60 wins. Best team in the league. Best player, 27 and 14 points and rebounds, I think, was his season numbers. It's nothing that he's going to be able to look at his game and say he needs to improve except his shooting. He's been had about five or six assists a game, but he's not a perimeter defender. Kawhi is a guy that, like I said, a lot of people forgot what he can do, but he can create his own shot. He can shoot threes. He can slash. He can dunk on you. He can do mid-range. He can finish through contact. A lot of the stuff we've been seeing LeBron do in the Eastern Conference playoffs the past four years, when he returned to Cleveland, Kawhi did that this year. A lot of times it was guys draped on him, guys in the way, trying to knock him down or trying to impede his progress, get a charge. He took him to the hole, bump, took the contact, and made the basket. I mean, this guy first year in this conference went to the conference finals, went to the finals, is going to the finals, playing in the finals. Outstanding performance, even if they lose. And if he puts up a valiant effort, unless Steph Curry or somebody blows it out the water. You got to give the MVP to Kawhi just because of what he did. The Raptors were always there. They just never broke through. Kawhi's the difference. Now I got to do what everybody does. It wouldn't be a valid sports take if I didn't do this. My finals prediction, I see a lot of people, especially on the networks and on the internet, putting stipulations on their predictions. I didn't know they started doing that, but um, I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to say, unfortunately, Golden State wins in six. Golden State wins in six just because their games travel. Golden State wins in six because... Toronto does not have enough defense to stop Stephen Clay. 
Toronto has Kawhi, but Kawhi is going to have to guard both of them. Kyle Lowry can be on Steph just because he's bigger, but he's not fast enough. He's not quick enough to move as much as Curry moves without the ball to follow him all game. They're going to need, uh, Toronto is going to need big efforts from Van Fleet. They're going to need big efforts from Norm Powell. They're going to need a huge one from Siakam. I mean, Leonard and Lowry, I think that's understood, but those other guys, both ends of the floor, need to bring it every night just for them to lose in six. And I hate to say that, but on the flip side, like I said, I won't do stipulations on my prediction. I will say if Toronto can pull this off, I won't be shocked. I just can't go against five straight finals. A coach has been there and done that as a player and a coach. A team that's done that versus a team. This is their first year with their best player. This is their first year with their current coach, even though he's been on the staff. They've never been to the finals as a franchise in their history. So this is all new to them. This is all exciting to them. Will they have enough to stay on their rocker? I I don't think so, unfortunately. But Kawhi is the one guy in the whole league. Not LeBron, not KD, not anybody else that I feel is unflappable by this moment. That's why I give them two. Kawhi is going to win them two just because KD's not out there. And not to say that KD's going to shut Kawhi down even if he was healthy. But Kawhi is just a different animal. Kawhi will get you two. If Siakam and Lowry play decent and Kawhi plays well, he can get you two games in this series. But again, I reiterate, number one seed Golden State winning four games. Number two seed in the East, Toronto Raptors winning two games. Six-game series, Golden State in six, with Golden State winning game two on the road in Toronto. Number one seed, Golden State. Number two seed, Toronto Raptors, Warriors in six. Opinions, takes, concerns, not just about the finals, but about the whole NBA playoffs. It's been a very good postseason thus far, looking for a great finals, at least a different finals. It's not Golden State and Cleveland. Leave them on the Twitter page. Leave them on the Facebook page. Send the voice messages, and I will let you know how to do the voice messages shortly. But definitely leave your comments, concerns, critiques, whatever. Leave them. We'll address them. We'll bring them up. Get ready for the finals. Now we're wrapping things up. I'd like to thank everybody who's listened throughout this whole episode. want to spend a, send a special shout out to everybody who's been pushing me to motivate me to finish this. It's finally done. Something I've been contemplating doing for a long time. Something I've been wanting to do for a long time just to get my opinion and my voice out here. And it's done. Um, any questions, comments, concerns, once again, definitely going to have instructions on the social media sites facebook and twitter how to send those voice messages back so 
that I can check them out and we can get them on the podcast. Definitely any comments, concerns, questions, thoughts, inquiries. Definitely plan to have guests on the show some point or another. Uh, more often than not, it's going to be me, but the show grows. The show keeps pushing, gaining momentum. I definitely have people. Definitely going to have a squad on here. So, like I said, nothing is off topics, off limits on this podcast. It's just to open it up. Young black man, college degree, looking at the world through his eyes and just pulling out his own perspective and putting it into the atmosphere, letting everybody know, showing different sides of different topics and arguments, just opening up alternatives because everybody doesn't think the same. Everybody doesn't want to hear the same thing. So it's definitely something that we can kind of push towards and just allowing more people to get comfortable voicing their opinions without feeling like they're insulting somebody or they're saying something that's taboo or they're saying something that's not going to be received well because it's always a niche. It's always an audience for whatever you have to say or whatever you feel. And this is definitely a first step in just getting out there and pushing more than just the nine to five that pays the bill. So I hope I inspire somebody to start something they've been working on or thinking about. Definitely going to speak to you soon. Working on the next topics. Looking to do at least one show a week. So definitely waiting for some new things to kind of percolate and get underway so I can develop a show for next week. And this episode was recorded before 7 p.m. on May 30th, 2019. Just so you kind of get an idea of the perspective where I'm coming from, especially with the sports stuff. I'm always going to try to time mark my episodes so you know about where I was or where I'm at in relation to things that go on when you hear this or after you hear this. But this has been the first episode, groundbreaker, of Real Underrated Caring Overrated with Spacho. Thank you for listening. I'm out.